escalate the same as the drug dealing. Bullets said I penetrate, riding on stolen plates. Did I mention my city was known for its murder rate? Live right by the capital, gangsta get the clapping, folks. High off gun smoke, my hood full of cutthroats. Going down the hill like my city was made slow. Gunshots every day, we don't even look. Eating dinner out the same kitchen, dope is cooked. I had an appetite for money, I'm hungry and can't wait. It's a golden state heavyweight, riding no platinum place. State to state, crushing grain, something like a winery. Labels try signing me, I'm something like the dynasty. Mastered the arts, kept the skill in my rhymery. So I'ma chase paper, now the players stay eyeing me. Thing on my waist to turn a grown man side me. Rude boy, come test, I dare you one try with me. Got a full clip, I can empty off the side of him. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. You're uh, viewing episode three, season two of our Mudville podcast. Uh, we want to thank you for just joining. If right now, we just want to ask that you like, press the like button. If you want to share with anybody, go ahead and share that. If you're not subscribed to our channel already, go ahead and subscribe. Turn on those notifications. That way you can get updated on every content that we put up uh, that has to do with this Mudville podcast. Today, I am very honored to be able to have our guest that we have here tonight. Uh, somebody who's very dear to my heart, somebody who's imparted within my life, uh, who is my home director, going through the, uh, the men's home right here in uh, Victory Outreach Stockton. Um, this man has been a gang regional within our ministry. Right now, he is our um, home director right here in Stockton. Uh, who disciples men who come in, who are broken, who are lost and bound, uh, with drug addiction, uh, gang violence, whatever it may be. This man uh, deals with these men on a high level spiritually and is able to pour in. I've seen the sacrifices this man has laid down with not only him, but with his family to be able to impart in these men. And uh, he's also on our ministerial, uh, ministerial staff um, here, right here in Stockton. Uh, great man of God. But without further ado, give a hand of applause for Brother Jay. <laughs> Amen. It's good Brother to be Jay, here. welcome. Um, right now, we want to get into it. Um, it's an honor and privilege to have you here tonight. Uh, my first question for you is just go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. Let them know who you are, what it is that you do. Give them a quick uh, you know, introduction about your family and your upbringing and where you were born. Yeah, so, you know, um, I'm out here at Rio Stockton, obviously. I've been out here for about five, six years. Came from the Bay Area. Uh, where I went into the home myself uh, uh, 2003, August 17th. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm here to, you know, give the Lord glory with my life. That, that's been my prayer. That's the yeah. reason that I do what I do. Um, you know, I love watching God's miracle working power change the lives of individuals who had an impossible situation. You know, I've seen men get their families back, their children back, their dignity back, answer the call. Um, I mean, there's miracles, literally miracles taking place um, in our home here at Victor Outreach Stockton. We're watching men go through the process of becoming leaders and, you know, getting the vision with inside their heart. And, um, you know, it's just a blessing to be a part of what God is doing, to literally be able to, to have a hand in God's kingdom here on earth. So I'm excited for the podcast. I love what you guys do here. I appreciate the invitation. Um, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm just excited to see what God has this year in 2023 here in our city. Uh, just real quick, uh, so about your family, how many kids you have, you married, let the people know, you know, what it is. I know you're excited, um, you know, that to be able just to walk in the will of God and be able to impart in men's lives and see the miracles take place. But just let the people know about the miracles that took in your, in your life personally. Yeah. Yeah, so like a, a, a little testimony from going into the home to yeah. what God has done now. So, well, I went into the home in 2003 in the city of Hayward. Uh, you know, I was hurting big time, you know, big time. Uh, I, had, I, had probably, I had just got released from jail uh, for, um, for accessory to robbery and evading police. And um, I was on a real, real hard run. Um, you know, I, I was using meth, you know, uh, intravenously with, with a needle. And uh, running around with the wrong people, <laughs> I was the wrong person probably. <laughs> but um, you know, uh, I was, I was on my way to hell real quick, and I uh, had nowhere to go. And uh, the doors of Victory Outreach in Hayward were open for me. Um, so I went in thinking that I couldn't have a good life. I didn't think that I would ever be married 
you know, let alone have children, be a homeowner, preach the gospel, you know, be trusted with anything. But uh, it was through the ministry of Victory Outreach where God began to restore my mind and heal my heart. And, um, and then he would place men and women around my life uh, to be able to actually impart to me that the truth, which was that God did have a plan and his plan was to prosper me. And uh, that with man, things are impossible. But the Bible says with God, all things are possible. And I began to believe that for myself. And, um, and I was in the home for two and a half years the first time. And uh, once I finally got it right and I finally got my feet on the ground, um, you know, I trusted God and surrendered to the Lord. And he began to, uh, you know, uh, give me a heart for young people. And so uh, I started, you know, in the children's church. You know what I mean? Started in church, being faithful there. And then, um, you know, I started working with young adults and singles, and that's where I met my beautiful wife. Come on, somebody. You know, uh, in the city of Hayward there. And, uh, you know, I trusted that, you know, I trusted God in that area. And, uh, you know, we were together for a little bit. We courted in the church, and then we got married. And as soon as we, we got married, before we got married, I asked her, I, I told, told my, my wife-to-be, I said, listen, I'm, I'm in this for one reason, and one reason only, and that's to answer the call of God, no other reason. And, uh, you know, she said, I'm, that's the only reason I'm in this as well. So I have a woman, you know, uh, my helpmate, my rib right next to me. And, you know, her number one priority was to fulfill God's plan. After years of just constantly, you know, slamming your face on the concrete, you know, spinning your wheels and running around in circles. Once you understand that God's way is the only way and, uh, you know, you get blessed because of it. So we got married. Um, you know, we were in the Bay Area for a while where, where, where we worked with God's Anointed Now Generation, the youth ministry. Um, had, a, had an awesome time doing that, seeing young people, um, trying to help them not make the same mistakes I did. Well, you know, they, yeah. they, they come from broken homes. You know, they want to drop out of school and run around and do drugs. And, you know, I had the privilege to be able to be full-time ministry to where, uh, you know, I could be with them on a daily basis and, you know, um, and uh, begin to invest in them and, you know, deal with them and love them. You know, a lot of young people run around because, you know, they're, they're not being loved. It's hard to love them sometimes because, you know, when you're young, you're a knucklehead. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're a knucklehead and you got to have it your own way. And you have to learn to love young people through that, um, you know. And, and, and so I learned how to do that, you know, in the youth ministry. Me and my wife, we worked with young men, young women. Um, our home has, always, has never been empty. Since we've been married, we've always had uh, people living with us, discipling them. And then, um, you know, uh, of course, we wanted a family, right? We wanted a family. And um, you want me to tap into that a little bit? Go ahead. Yeah. You know, that, that, yeah that. So me and my wife, you know, obviously we wanted a family. We wanted to answer the call. But we also wanted the blessing to be able to, you know, to have our own biological children. And, um, you know, for, for three years, you know, we kept trying to have children. We had miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage, seven miscarriages in a row, you know, getting your hopes up and then get let down. You start thinking that. You know, uh, the lifestyle that you lived prior to God stepping in and saving you, you start thinking that you're paying the consequences for that now. You know, but God's grace, he is gracious and he is merciful. And, and when, you, when you're born again, your slate is wiped clean. You're, you're forgiven. You're under the blood. So, you know, that's why I'm thankful for the leaders in my life. They began to lock arms with our faith and they began to tell us that God will give you the desires of your heart as long as your desires are in his perfect will. So we just kept serving. We kept serving, and then before you know it, my wife got pregnant again, and then my son was born. And then she got oh. pregnant again, and my first daughter was born. And then she got pregnant again, and my second daughter was born. And we have three beautiful children, and then uh, we moved from the Bay Area. We came up here, where we came out here to the valley, out here in the city of Stockton. Um, you know, and that was not my plan. You know, my plan was not to live in this city. <laughs> you know what I'm This city's known for, right? It's murder rate and it's yeah. crime and yes. it's homelessness. And that was not my plan. My plan was to come out here, you know, to, the, to Manteca and get them into private schools. And God had another plan, um, you know. So, you know, coming here to Victor Reed Stockton, I was able to, you know, to fall back in love with God all over again, you know, and, and begin, to, begin, to, begin to seek him with all my heart. And uh, he said, I'm not done with you. <laughs> you know, I'm not done with you. I'm not done with your family. And so the opportunity came for us to be able to go, uh, go full-time ministry again. I had a great job, pretty much had a career. Um, I was working in San Francisco, but then I went to Africa. Come on, somebody. Oh, I went to the African Conference oh, in 2019 with my pastor, um, our, our gang leader, and one of my close friends, Juanito. 
and we all went out there to Africa, and that's where God completely changed and rearranged my heart. I came back uh, to the States, and I mean, I was truly, truly broken, you know, uh, when we went out there, out there to the conference, and when I came back, you know, I, I immediately gave up my job, and I was asked to run the home, so then we moved from Antica <laughs> to the city of Stockton. Come on, come somebody. On, come on. Um, you know, but I, I had such a passion and such a hunger that I, I couldn't wait to get back in there and begin to, to, to use the life that God had given me and to give hope to men um, that come into our home believing for the same things that I have. They don't oh. understand it, right? They yeah. come in, and, and, uh, and I begin to tell them, listen, God has a plan for you. But I sat in the same seats that they, that they did. And I'm a living testimony. That's been my, that's been my prayer. Even before I came into the podcast, I said, God, use what you have done in my life to bring glory to your name. And so that's, that's my prayer for every man that comes into our home, that Amen. they would see what God has done in my life. And it would give them a little bit of faith each and every day, a little bit more faith, a little bit more faith to be able to believe that if God did it for me, then how, how much more could he do it for them? Because they are his children as well. So Amen. I'm excited for what God is doing. I know he has much, much more, much, much more. Amen. Um, I, li I like, you know, the openness and everything. You know, you said some really personal things. And uh, one thing I, I really want to touch on, too, and emphasize that what this podcast is really about is seeing the transformation, seeing the hope of one's life that it really can happen. And you might be right there thinking to yourself, well, how could it happen for me? And it's a, there's a process that you have to go through. And it's not only through the process, uh, there's, there's things that will take place, you know, that, we, that are out of our control. But as long as we, we rely on the, 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 the strength from God that comes from God and we say, man, no matter what can, comes our way, we're going to continue to serve God no matter what circumstance. You, you mentioned, and this is something very personal, uh, seven times there was uh, miscarriages, mm -hmm. seven times. And that had to be something that, that, that was, man, just eating at you like, like hurt. What can you say truly during that season that... If somebody else out there is going through that same thing, experiencing that, 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 that same hurt or whatever it may be, what can you say to encourage them to really get through that that, that, that you found and that what, what got you through? I would have to say that uh, you, have to, you have to look back. You have to look back at your life when God stepped in. And you'll see, you'll see a, a trail of his faithfulness making the impossible possible, right? Little by little, little by little. I never thought I could stop smoking a cigarette. Come on. You know what I mean? But he Amen. did that. I didn't think I couldn't stop cussing, but he did that. You know, I, I, de I didn't think I could have a driver license, a driver's license, you know what I'm saying? Own a vehicle that, had, that, that wasn't stolen, right? Come you know on. what I mean? Go with All, tags. Yeah, yeah, with tags, you know what I mean? And, you know, uh, and he starts doing these little things and, you know, being a good steward with finances and being a responsible adult. You see God beginning to, um, you, you start walking out your true identity once you give your heart to God, then you start, you don't trust in yourself, but you trust who he is inside of you. And, you know, he does not fail. You know, we, we serve the king of kings. We serve, we serve a God that created the heavens and the earth, and there is nothing he cannot do. But I would have to say the key to all of that, other than knowing that God's word never comes back void, other than understanding that is that God will always place people in your life that have already experienced what you're believing for. Come on. Oh, God, God placed people that were saved a lot longer than I was, that been married a lot longer than I was, that already had miscarriages, that already went through that pain, already went through that struggle, already went through that waiting season. And you got to hold on to God's word, but God brings people and says, you know what, if they did it for them, then why won't he do it for me? He will. Amen. He will continuously do it. And God always places the right people around your life to, to open up the eyes of your heart to see what he can and will do over and over and over again. Amen. See, and that just comes from the faithfulness of uh, being obedient to God. You know, uh, at times we might want to throw in the towel. At times we're like, you know what, this doesn't seem... The, the, uh, the way I expected it to go and you know it's it's those type of situations it's easy for anybody to throw in the towel mm -hmm. but when we know that we can rely on God and say you know what God I know that you're going to get me through this you, you got blessed with your three children that you have now and 
uh, just to emphasize, go ahead and, and let the viewers know what your children do now uh, as far as like, with the ministry. Because God didn't only call you, right. he called your family. Right. So, I mean, we get to witness, you know, what your children do and, and how you're doing ministry. You know, let the people know and, and encourage them and, you know, what God has done within your children's lives. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, right before I, I tap into that, let me say this. Um, as we were, me and my wife were believing God, right, for a family, believing God for our own children, and we kept having these miscarriages. There were people, friends, friends of mine uh, who knew of other people that, uh, that were going through certain things, and they came to us and they said, you know what, since you guys can't have kids anyway, why don't you just adopt? Right, the the enemy will come in and and or we'll try and make something happen our own way, mm. and I can't imagine what would have happened if I would have said, you know what, you're right. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go for this, right? Wow. And and, and trying and try and help out, but also fulfill desire in my heart, but do it on my own instead of allowing God to do it so He could get the glory. Yeah. And right. I'll never forget that conversation. It was at my job. It was. It was it was at my job and it was the daughter of the owner when she said it, you know what I mean? And uh, and I said, you know what? I said, I believe with all of my heart that God is going to give me the desires of my heart. You know, there was a lot of ups and downs, a lot of a lot of tears, a lot of a lot of doubt, you know, um, but, um, you know, uh, prayer and um, prayer. And I would have to say is prayer got us me and my wife through that. But more than that is keeping our hands to the plow and building his kingdom got us through that. Amen. Instead of focusing on what we didn't have, we focused on what God had presented to us to do for his honor and glory. And then right before you know it, God started opening up <laughs> the windows of heaven. Come my on. wife, right? What the hell, yeah. But uh, my children, uh, my son, you know, he, uh, you know, we, his, all of the pregnancies uh, with my wife, you know, I would constantly lay hands on her stomach and I would constantly, um, you know, pray over each and every child. And um, it wasn't just me, but it was all my friends in the ministry, all my family in the ministry, all my leaders in the ministry, my pastors. They were very open with my life. And, you know, because of that, I got a lot of people in my corner praying. Amen. So my children were bathed in prayer, you know, and, and, and I wanted to give them everything that I couldn't have. And that's, that has to do with the kingdom. It's not about material things. It's not about, you know, any of that. Although I did think it was that for a minute in my transition. But there's nothing better that you could give your children other than raising them up in the ways of the Lord. So, you know, from the moment they were born, you know what I mean? We, we were still going to conferences. My son was an infant going to world conferences, going to men's conferences. You know what I mean? And my, 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 uh, my daughters are the same, you know. Uh, but my son right now, he's involved in the youth. He's not even really old enough to be in the youth, <laughs> right? You're supposed to be 12. He, he just turned 10 last week. But, um, you, know, uh, you know, God has a plan for him. And my job as a dad, as a parent, um, is to make sure that, um, you know, that, that I put him where his passion is, you know, and where his gifts are. And I just ask God to bless him. And he loves doing it. You know, he loves doing it. He's drumming. You know, he drums, you know, for the church. He dr drums for the youth. He gets on the congas. You know, not, not just that, but my children, are, they pray as well. They worship. They sing. They all know all the songs that the oh, men's home sing. They know every song that the men's home sing. They know all the men. They love the men. Now, my children love the men in our home. And, um, you know, it's because they've been raised up in the ministry. And not everyone gets that, gets that opportunity. But, um, you know, uh, I do get that opportunity. You know, that's always been my desire. My desire is to, been, is to be able to be full-time in the ministry. And, um, it's, it, you know, I, I can't have it any other way. And my children love the ministry. They love being at church. You know, they love being with church kids. You know, they, at school they're handing out flyers. Come on, somebody. Come on. You know, they get in trouble for doing it, <laughs> right? But, um, you know, my daughters, they love to worship. Um, they, they love to worship, you know. And, and they're just, they are church kids. You know what I mean? And, you know, I was, I was on the streets running around. And my, my kids are, are running around the sanctuary, you know what I mean, in all-night prayer sessions. So yeah. that's a, only God could do something like that. You know what I mean? So right now, I want, I want to get into the question. I mean, you were saved in 2003. Mm -hmm. Go back to uh, the city of uh, Hayward. Mm -hmm. Was that the first time you heard the gospel, or when was the first time you heard of the gospel? 
Was it prior to that, or was that the first time you've heard it? No. So uh, as a kid, you know, uh, there was a bus that used to run around our neighborhood. It would stop. It would stop out at the corner of, of every block, and it would honk its horn. And uh, and I used to get on that bus and uh, and and go to church. Um, I would do it by myself. I did it because uh, you know they played kickball and gave out candy and all that other stuff. And so um, you know, I'm sure that you know that there were seeds being planted in my heart at a young age um, because of that. But uh, when I was 15, when I was 15 years old, uh, when I was 15 years old, I ended up going to a church camp for the summer okay. um, in, 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 a, in, a, in a church, uh, Vaca Valley Christian Life Center in Vacaville. And, uh, and I went there really just to hook up with some girls. Come on, somebody. Right. And uh, and I did hook up some girls. <laughs> right. Come on. right. Little teenagers just try, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go. Right. My mom's yeah. like my mom was freshly saved then. So she wanted me to go. And so I went there and uh, the worship sessions were so spirit filled that uh, even though I wanted to be bad, I couldn't help but to be surrendered in that atmosphere. Come on. And so when I came back from the camp, I ended up getting baptized in. I got baptized when I was uh, 16 years old, and, um, and I really wasn't involved in the youth because I, I was still worldly, you know what I mean? I was, uh, you know, I, I, I started uh, smoking weed. I got my first bag of weed from my dad. My dad gave me my first bag of weed, and, and uh, you know, I would go see him every now and again. I always, always come back, you know, with a fresh bag of Bammer weed, you know what I mean, from my dad. And my mom didn't know that, so, you know, between... You know, my dad doing that and, you know, being pulled to the world, you know, because of how exciting it seemed to be high and to be drunk and to kick it. You know, I did get baptized um, and I even said, you know, the prayer of salvation, but uh, the enemy was after me hard because right after I got baptized, I began to use meth. Mm. And so uh, that was once I used meth, that was it. That was it. Once I used meth, uh, Meth gave me everything that the world had to offer, you know, uh, as far as, you know, women and, uh, you know, uh, just uh, being crazy and not caring, being cool and all that stuff. And so that was the beginning of, uh, of my, my, uh, my life of destruction on meth, you know. It, you know, it, it, it made me lose weight, right? It made me crazy enough to where people looked at me a certain way, gave me a certain respect because I would do dumb stuff. I could, you know, I could go talk to any girl, it didn't matter. And so now I began to step into this, this, this atmosphere that was completely full of, you know, demonic things and spirits and stuff like that, you know. And, and that was just the beginning, you know. I started being a criminal, right, stealing cars and robbing houses. You know, I got busted super early. And, uh, you know, I started uh, running away from home and going to jail and all those things. Um, right after I decided to give my life to the Lord, the enemy started working double time. So let, let's, let's touch on this uh, right now. You said uh, you started smoking weed. Your dad used to give you bags of weed. And then uh, 16 years old, you got introduced to meth. Prior to getting introduced to meth, because you said you started stealing, robbing, doing doing all these things, was that in your character no. to do any of that? No, not at all. So when you started smoking meth, it just got you out of character and you started just doing things you normally wouldn't do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I was never a thief. I was always a, a, a good kid, so to speak. I mean, I would run around in the streets and stuff, but, you know, I wasn't doing anything well, I was doing illegal stuff, but nothing crazy. You know what I mean? We were just running around, you know, having fun as youngsters in the park and stuff. But once I, once I started using meth, I got introduced to meth by people who, who had like five, six years on me, who already had a criminal background. And so that was what they were doing. So the first time I did meth, you know, uh, somebody started discipling me on how to steal cars that night. You know, and that was, matter of fact, I went to jail, I went to jail right after that. You know, I went to jail right after that. Right, at, right when I turned 18, I went to jail that week. And um, it, it was because of, uh, you know, it was the older crowd that I was kicking it with. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was none of the people, none of the youngsters my age were doing meth. 
You know what I mean? They were drinking and they were smoking, but, um, you know, there's a different crowd between the drinkers and the smokers and then the hard the hard drugs. And see, that's what uh, we noticed throughout time, huh? just the same story, just anybody who indulged in those type of uh, drugs, whatever it be, PCP, heroin, meth, um, you name it out there, the enemy has a stronghold on somebody whose normal character, they normally wouldn't be doing the things that they do in order to be able to chase that drug, to be able to chase that next high. Mm-hmm. You know, you just uh, go down a rabbit hole. Once you make that decision, your whole life goes uh, in shambles, yeah. you know, and we have a lot of great people out there. There's a lot of you who may be looking at this podcast right now. You Great people. God has designed you for, for greater things in life, but because of one small bad decision mm-hmm. that's made, it has you feeling some type of way about yourself that maybe you might not be good enough, you know, uh, or you might be making decisions that are just ruining your life. And you're like, how do I get out of this? This is the answer. This is to be able to come to, to Christ and to give you your identity back that God has originally created you and designed you for. Because prior to you doing drugs, you were a good kid. Yeah. You, you weren't doing everything, you know. You, one thing I want to I mention. You said you got baptized at 16 years old, mm-hmm. and right after you got introduced to meth. Mm-hmm. We got to understand that once you get saved, doesn't mean that the enemy stops attacking you. If anything, that's when the enemy wants you more. Yeah, yeah, for I sure. I mean, see, when you said you got baptized right there, so I want to I want to emphasize on something right now. 16 years old, you got baptized. Was it right there and then that you? experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit? No. No. When did you experience the, the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit? I experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit last year, 2022. And you've been saved how long? Uh, I've been truly, honestly saved for 20 years. Okay. Yeah. So when you experienced the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what, what was your experience? My experience, well, I would have to say it was like a, a a different, a different level of vulnerability and love with God, I would have to say, you know, because uh, I've always, you know, once I, once I fell in, see, I got radically saved, you know, I went from being completely destroyed and homeless to, um, you know, when you have nothing else, when there's no door for you to walk through and every bridge you've blown up. And every door has been closed in your life. And God had his arms wide open that I just gave him my life. So I, once I started knowing God, it wasn't scratching the surface. I was in love with God. God was very good to me. He just, he loved me. He restored me. He redeemed me. He forgave me, right? I had so many people who were looking for me because of what I did. God was forgiving me for what I did. Come on. And so um, when I experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it was something that I prayed for for years. Um, you know, coming up in the ministry and being a leader and working with young people. I had young people, you know, 10-year-olds that are speaking in tongues, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, and, and, I'm, and I'm asking God, you know, what's, you know, I want that. I want that, right? I want that. So it was something that I, that I started seeking because I knew that it was going to get me closer. It was going to get me closer to him. I needed something that was going to get me closer to God because I still want to get closer to God. You know, I, the closer I get to God, the further I get away, you know, from, from you know, my flesh. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, the baptism of the Holy Spirit happened last year, but I was persistent. Just like I believed by faith that God was going to give me children of my own, it was the same type of um, tenacity that I had in my prayer life that God I'm not I'm not satisfied with what's going on I need more of you you know so I'll go to my word and I would get into my word and then I would start declaring God's word over my life and I would ask God for the gift say God please bless me with this gift you know and so um, yeah I was baptized last year the Holy Spirit baptized speaking of gifts uh, what do you feel that that your gifts are uh, I know uh, definitely leadership is a gift of mine. Um, um, uh, I've, I've taken the gift test and it, I'm strong on uh, hospitality. All right, hospitality, I'm a giver, right? I have the gift of giving, um, serving, right? Serving, um, pastoralship, you know? Um, 
you know, and I'm, I'm, so, I'm so all, all, all these gifts that you're naming off, you know, when was it that you realized that these are the, 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 the particular gifts that God has given you? When was it that you realized like that, man, this is, I'm gifted in the hospitality, I'm gifted in the pastoral, you know, I'm, I'm give, gifted as a servant, mm -hmm. you know, when did you, when did you feel that, that? experience that well I would have to say you know uh, early on in my salvation early on because uh, you know like I said uh, God surrounded me with the right men and women and so they would see the gift they would see the talent they would see the passion and they would put me with people who had that gift had that talent had that passion so I could begin to develop it and begin to move in it so I could flourish and give God some more glory with more of my life come on yeah and see and that's what the uh, God called us to do when we get called God has given us gifts you know to be able to share with others the Bible talks about what is freely being given to us that we got to freely give as well mm -hmm. you know and um you know so a lot of you who are out there who are serving in ministry whatever it is you know sometimes you might feel like you got to hold back or whatever but if God is tugging at your heart to really be used and uh, utilize the gifts that you have, you know, go go for it. You know, uh, get connected like uh, Brother Jay was saying that, that he was getting connected with people who had the same gifts, who were uh, in those same areas, and be discipled. Come under, you know, and, and use those gifts, whether it be worship, uh, music, uh, sound, uh, hospitality. There's a there's a lot of gifts that the the, the house has. Don't be afraid to use your gifts because, you know, others are depending on that, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, others can benefit seeing you to be able to step out the boat and utilize those gifts as well. Mm -hmm. um, we know, Brother Jay, that you're right now currently our home director here in Stockton. Uh, you're one of our ministers as well. Uh, but what do you feel that God has truly called you to do? A hundred percent to build right where I am right now. To, be, to build men, to build men, to invest into men, to not just, not just invest into them, but their families that are connected to them, to help their children, to help their loved ones, to help their family members as well. Because just like um, God has a, has a plan for the men that come into our home, He also has a plan for their family. Amen. It's important to me that the generational curses are broken in the people's lives that God brings our way. You know, I, I didn't grow up wanting to do drugs but there was a generational curse of addiction within my life as a youngster as you know five six years old I remember seeing my uncle laid out on the bathroom floor with needles and orange caps on the sink of the bathroom I didn't know what that was as a kid you know what I mean I, I remember seeing joints everywhere and you know violence and stuff like that and as a kid you, you don't realize that that uh, that it's changing the way that you see things, that it's changing the way that you perceive life. And it's a curse. It's a generational curse. And so God broke the chains of that curse in my life. So my children aren't going to have to do that. And it's important to me when I see these men, they come into the homes and they have this desire to do something great for the Lord that I help them become the man inside to help develop the character that they will be able, because you can go far in life, but if you don't have godly character within the way that you walk the integrity holiness and all that stuff then you're not going to make it for the long haul one big wave comes and you're going to crumble so you know right now at this particular time my main focus is 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 building the men that come through our home and uh, also helping our women's home right you know, sister Elizette and brother Puma they're the directors of our women's home and and I like to stay connected with them too because it's it's all about family it's about, it's about family. When you're in the home, we're all about your daughters. Yeah. And now look at them now. Come on. Like, hey. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that, that's just a little bit of what God has, you know? And so, yeah, that's my focus is that right now. I'm also taking VETI, right? Victory Education Training Institute through our ministry. Um, I'm trying to get, you know, further in my education because, uh, you know, I want to become a licensed minister. And, um, you know, I, I still, I, I believe in, I've been believing God to put a city in my heart. You know, right now, the city in my heart is stocked. I have a heart for this city. I didn't have it before I came to the church. I didn't have it while I was in the church. God had to put that inside of me, and uh, he put Stockton in my heart. So I'm here next to my pastors trying to help build a lighthouse in this city, right? I want to see people saved. I want to help launch churches out. I want to do whatever I can to be a minister, to help encourage people and develop people. But, I, you know, I'll, I'll never tell God no. 
one thing that I learned is that you don't tell God no. Because if you're telling God no, then you must be telling somebody else yes. Come on. I want to emphasize on that. You said you've been praying for a city. Mm -hmm. So let's just throw it out there right now. What are three cities right now that you feel that you would love to go to and really make an impact and really do some God's work in? Right. To be 100% honest with you with that question right now, I'm not satisfied with the impact we're making here yet. Okay. I feel that, that I have more to do. You know what I mean? That, that I have more to do. I got to back up our evangelism team, you and Abishai and all that. And that, that the home, we really need to go to the next level. And that starts with me on making sure that we're out there in the streets, that we're out there, you know, in the parks, that we're out there hitting the home, that we're out there taking the gospel where nobody else will take it. That, that's that, that's, that's the, the vision. That's the heartbeat of our ministry since 1967. And um, so... You know, I want to develop in those areas. I want to get back to the basics. Come on, some. I want to get back to the basics in those areas, and I want to. I want to help build right here. And if the call ever came out, you know, I, like I said, I would never tell God no. I'm preparing. I'm preparing. Me and my wife are preparing now. You know, uh, for whatever God has in the future. It's important to prepare now. Do not wait. It's important to prepare now. You know, but be focused now because God's doing something here and now. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, as far as the city is concerned, I, you know, like I said, Stockton is in my heart. I don't really have my eye on another city, but I have seen like in my dreams and, and when, when, when I think about what God has, you know, that uh, if, if a team was to get launched out, I believe that, that I could be a part of that, that me and my family together could be a part of that team and, uh, and, and, and do something tremendous for God's honor and glory. But you got to be faithful where you're at. You can't say, I want to do this and I'm going to do it. Then you got to be faithful where you're at. So I'm just working on myself, trying to become better. And, um, you know, I want to build here first. Be faithful here first at home. Come on. Amen. Um, so let's just emphasize on that, too. What, what you said, uh, for, for, um, I've heard this time and time again. It says, in order for your vision to come to pass, anything to come to pass in your life, you must help fulfill the vision of the house you're at already. You know, and... Um, to, to follow that order to, to, to be the, be those sons and daughters of the house already. And then God's going to honor, like you said, the desires of your heart. So what it is, it's your, you know, what you're called to do and, um, elevate you to that next level. Mm -hmm. I, I want to emphasize on this because you, you, you know, you share with the audience, uh, what took place in my life under discipleship, under you mm -hmm. with my daughters. I know at a point in time there was, uh, uh, a trial that did come my way where I wanted to leave the home um, and I was uh, I, w I was on on either side it's not that I wanted to leave God I wanted to try to make moves and do things on my own there I see this over and over I'm glad that I ended up sticking it out and making the right choice because mm -hmm. see what God is doing right now but what do you feel is the biggest obstacle for any man or woman to fully surrender and say, you know, this is the life I truly want to live, you know, and if you can encourage somebody to say, look, if you get rid of this, if you change this, mm -hmm. God can just open endless opportunities and endless possibilities in your life. What do you feel the, the biggest, biggest obstacle? I mean, there's, a, there's a few of them. There's a few of them. I would have to say number one is yourself. The, the biggest challenge is uh, crucifying the flesh, right? The Bible says resist the enemy and he'll flee. But when it comes to self, you got to crucify your, your flesh. And crucifixion has to do with death. You, you, you know, you see people take themselves out all the time. Um, you know, especially when it comes to men. When it comes to men, um, you know, we like to run. I was a runner. You know, I, I, I ran. I ran from responsibility. I ran from conflict. I ran from, you know, doing the right thing. I would run because running is so much easier. You know, I'll tell you this, for every single man and woman in the world, if you want to answer the call of God upon your life, it, you have to start somewhere. It is a process. The first process is walking through the doors of the church. That's going to be the first process, you know what I mean? And God's going to bring people next to you that are going to help you through that process. But surrendering your will, surrendering, surrendering your will is, 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 is the biggest challenge of them all. Even Jesus even Jesus, when he was, you know, when he was going to be crucified, he had to go into prayer and he had to continuously give up his will to to take on the Father's will. Right? So, you know, nevertheless, he says, take this cup from me, but nevertheless, 
because he knew what was coming. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. You know, giving up our will, you know, especially at the beginning, especially when you're young. Man, when you're young, you know what I mean? Or like when your daughters needed you. Yeah. You wanted, you wanted to step in and play God in their life. I'm yeah. going to do it. Thank God that you did it. But it was because of the men that God put around you, right? Pastor Jeremy and, 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 and the leaders that were around you. And I'm telling you, look, you've already tried it your way for years. Yeah. You've already tried it your way for years. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs, it says, there's a way, there's a way in a man's heart that seems right. But in the end, it leads to destruction. Right. In your heart, it seems right. In your heart, it looks like it's going to work. It's not like you want to do bad. This looks like the way I should go. But in the end, you will end up in destruction. And I've lived that too many times. I don't have no more time to waste. I'm 43 years old. I got kids to raise. You know, we got to answer the call. Yeah. We got, I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. You want to be blessed? Listen, give your heart to the Lord. You know what I mean? You, you want to live a life full of power, a life full of anointing to be able to walk in the authority of God's kingdom. You've got to give your heart to God. Listen, he promises an abundant life, an abundant life, not just an average life, but he sure. promises an abundant life. And I'll tell you this, when you're faithful in the little, he truly will give you much within your life. I'm saved now 20 years and I'm literally living in the abundance in every way, shape or form. I have pastors that love me. I have a church that I love, that loves me. You know what I mean? I own a home. Come on, somebody. I have my own vehicle that's not stolen. Praise God. You know what I mean? I get to, I, I, the Bible, the, our promise scripture, Isaiah 45, 2, it says, I will go before you and then I will give you treasures hidden in secret places. I live at the men's home. Me and my family, we live at the men's home and we get to see God bring treasures that were hidden in dark places and hand deliver them all right to our footsteps. Listen, there's no life like that. There's no life. Listen, no amount of money could ever mess with that. You know, there's nothing that the world has to offer that, that can fulfill your heart and satisfy your soul like the, like the will of God for your life. Amen. See, God has done it for... For us, you know, uh, we're evidence of what God can do, the transformation power. You're continuing uh, to work with men on a daily basis. Those who are out there, and if you guys are watching this, and you guys know somebody who needs some help, yeah, call our men's home. You know, uh, the doors are open. They're always open. You know, call our, uh, our brother Jay. He's our director. Those who truly want to seek God and say, you know what, I'm... I'm tired of being sick and tired mm -hmm. uh, i had enough you know if you want to see god really do a, a change in your life man just surrender surrender make 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 a total surrenderance because when you truly surrender everything and, and let everything go in, in your life you're going to see the evidence of what god can do because when you say when you say okay it's not my will, but your will be done. Mm -hmm. You know, when you when when there's something that moves, you know, the God moves in a special way because you, you're no longer in control. You're no longer trying to drive the seat. You're sitting passenger. Mm -hmm. You're no longer trying to mold the clay. Mm -hmm. You're actually being shaped as the clay, mm -hmm. letting God just shape and mold, uh, shape and mold you into the vessel you called you to be. Yeah. You know, uh, it's natural for a lot of us, just natural in the flesh, mm -hmm. that we want to control things, it, yeah. especially as men. Yeah. Especially, we want to be in control of things. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to my court date, and I had no control of what was taking place. Yeah. And, you know, my, my daughter's leaving different state. I had no control, but a part of me wanted to have control. Like you said, it seemed right. Mm -hmm. you, you know, when it says it seemed right. I had a plan. I said, okay, I'm good. I was serving the Lord, you know. But if I would have went down that way, I... I know that right now I could sit here honestly and sit here and say I, w I don't think I would have been saved because I would have did my, um, things my way. Yeah. You know, the, the, the experiences I was able to have with my daughters, the, everything that's taking place now, that would have never took place. Right, right. And I said, you know what? When I broke down, I said, you know what? Okay, that's it, God. Like, you know, you're going to make a way. And we've seen the evidence of that happen. Yeah. But that can happen in any of your guys' life when yeah. you allow God to shape and mold you and, and, and just, you know, fully surrender i have seen it it's a big obstacle when we say um well i i want to do it this way or i i have things that i need to take care of i want to take care of this uh 
Let God take care of it. God will take yeah. care of everything. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek the kingdom of God mm -hmm. above all else mm -hmm. and live righteously. And he'll give you everything that you need. Yeah. He'll give you everything. Just seek his kingdom yeah. above everything. Um, right now, I want to get into the younger you. If you can go back and give advice to the younger you, mm -hmm. what would it be? I could give myself advice. I would say this: um, be obedient. Be obedient to your parents. You know, because if I, it all started. It, it all started with that. You know that uh, I had to have my own way. You know, I had to have my own way. I wanted to do it my way, and uh, you know, um, God always brings somebody. My my father wasn't really in my life, but my mom was. And God would always bring somebody, a male figure, into my life to try and to try and uh, to help help me live the right way. When I had discipline in my life, I was a straight A student. As soon as there was no more discipline, I didn't even go to school. You know what I mean? And it was because you know rebelliousness. You either got obedience, or you're you're gonna obey, or you're gonna rebel. And you know the beginning of the end was rebelling. You know, so I would just say, be obedient, man. Be obedient. It's, you know, I, I know, I believe with all my heart that my children are, they're going to go, just like everyone is, they go through the struggle of wanting to have their own way or doing it the right way. You know, um, you know, I, I got to make a lot of decisions on my own at a very, very young age, at a very young age. You know, my mom, my mother, when she worked three jobs. So there was a lot of time that I was either with a babysitter or I was by myself at a young age. So I was making my decisions. I don't know how to make it. <laughs> I don't know how, how to live. I'm just learning how to live. You know, so when, when I was told what to do, if I would have obeyed, I probably, I probably never would have used drugs. I probably never would have. I probably never would have ran away. I never would have became a criminal. But, you know, sometimes we have to experience it for ourselves. And God says, okay. Go ahead and have your way. I'll, I'll be ready when you're ready. Amen. Come on. You know, sometimes, you know, as, as an adolescent, you know, we, we, you know, just natural, like natural, because we're born yeah. into sin, you know? Yeah. And we just want to be disobedient, you know? And, uh, you know, being obedient is, is a key thing, especially in the kingdom of God. You know, the Bible talks about obedience is better than sacrifice. You can sacrifice everything, but to actually obey the word of God mm -hmm. and do what it is he, uh, according to what his word says, it, it's, it's, it's a key, key factor in our walk, you know, and especially just, you know, at, 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 a, at a young age too, you know. Yeah. Um, or he said when you had discipline, you know, like you had the guy, you know, you were, you're, you're obedient. Well, once, once that was out the picture, yeah. you know, once that, that was the picture, everything else went out the picture. Yeah. Just remember this, once God's out the picture of your life, all the principles go out too. So you, you, you won't be able to make it unless you're under the will of God. Mm -hmm. When God is there and you're listening to the instructions of God, mm -hmm. you're able to have success. Right. Because God's going to guide you the right way. The Holy Spirit's going to guide you the right way. We're going to come to a wrap right now, but there's two questions we're going to ask before we, we, we wrap this up. Mm -hmm. In three words, what would describe your legacy? In three words? Ah, that's a tough one, bro. We're live and everything. Yes. <laughs> In three words, I would just have to say, you know, uh, <laughs> I'd say love, right? I would say love. Obey and surrender. Come on. You know? Love, obey, and surrender. Right. Love, obey, and surrender. Come on. Yeah. And then our last and final question. Because mm -hmm. one day it's inevitable and, you know, one day we'll be absent from the body. Yeah, for sure. But on your gravestone, what would you want written? Um, I would just say that uh, he loved God with all his heart, you know. He loved God with all of his heart, you know. Um, I would want that to say he loved his kids with all of his heart. He loved people with all of his heart, you know. 
uh, on my gravestone. I, 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 wanted, I want people to understand that. The last thing I want to say to anybody before I die is I want to say, make sure you give God your life. Come on. Give God your life. Man, that, that's heavy. So right now, we're going to go ahead and uh, do something special. Right now, if you guys, this, this podcast, if it really touched somebody, if, it, if you know it could touch somebody, share it, share it, share it, and share it. Because right now, uh, we're going to take the opportunity just to set a couple minutes aside. Brother Jay, I want, I want you to uh, do like a salvation call. Uh, pray for the audience, those who yeah. may be listening, you know, to really, you know, if they want to accept Jesus Christ in their hearts, right there in their homes, wherever they may, may be at. We're going to go ahead and just lead them in a prayer. So go ahead. Yeah, so the Bible says uh, in Romans 10, 9, that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus died on the cross, but not just that, that he was resurrected on the third day uh, uh, for sinners like you and me. It says if you believe that in your heart, but you confess it with your mouth, that you shall be saved. Your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And so, um, you know, um, I just want you just to close your eyes right there, wherever you're at. And, um, and I want you to repeat this prayer after me. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I come to you a sinner, and I need a Savior. I believe you died on the cross for somebody like me, but I believe you rose from the dead, and you defeated death on the third day. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Save my soul. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash my slate clean. And reveal to me your plan for my life. I surrender, God. Holy Spirit, fill my heart. I need you like never before, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen, amen. For those of you who said that prayer right now, there's a big party going on in heaven. All the Mom. angels are rejoicing Mom. right now, receiving salvation. But it doesn't stop there. If you guys uh, receive salvation, you guys said that prayer, get tapped in. Our information is on the on, uh, description of this video. But uh, if you're not with our church, find a church. You know, it, uh, get connected to the body, uh, wherever it may be, whatever city you might be in. We want to thank you for joining tonight again. For those of you guys who know that somebody needs to hear this, share this, like this, subscribe to the channel. Till next time, we love you and God bless. Amen. God bless you guys. Hey, what's up, everybody? We just finished wrapping up our season two, episode three. Amen. And man, what a powerful testimony for a Victory Home Director. And also, if you know somebody that can relate to his testimony as far as family, ministry, amen, and even the things he dealt with when he was younger, amen. I want you to share this. I want you to share this to somebody, amen, that can relate to this message, amen. And also, if you don't have a church, amen, we want to invite you to our church right here, Big Trout Stockton, located in 2725 Waterloo Road, amen. We have services Sunday mornings, and we have services Wednesday night. We have a youth service, amen, gang service on Friday nights, amen. And also, we want you to follow us. We want you to follow us, amen, on Facebook, Instagram, amen. And we want you also to follow us on Spotify, where you can find all of our episodes of our podcast, amen. God bless you. Stop. When